What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Pazla, and with me is Jordan Balintz. Hello. And Aaron Blauchuk. Hey. And you are listening to part three of episode seven of VGM Generations. And uh, in this month's episodes, we are talking about remixes and covers. And uh, it is Aaron's turn to go first. Oh. Aaron, what do you first. have for, us go for part three? All right. Well, let's start this off with something uh, crazy and high energy. This is a little bit different tone, like uh, from a tonal perspective than what I've had before. I had my electric guitar cover with uh, yep. DuckTales. I had my uh, sort of acoustic cover with the Zelda. Now we're going into the world of electronica and dubstep here. My favorite. <laughs> with a, it's a uh, fun twist. And here's also a much more recent game, not a classic uh, amongst things like Zelda and Mega Man, but we're talking about Undertale. 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 Is that a global sensation? It is a global sensation. The indie darling. The indie darling, indeed. Now, uh, we, I think we talked about this in one of our previous uh, um, previous parts to this, in that mm-hmm. how this is one of those games that is like one-man team, right? Here's yeah. a guy who programmed the whole game. He did everything essentially on his own. He, some of the art, like the actual sort of uh, artwork in the game, he had a bit of help from his friends, but he did all the music. And the soundtrack for this game is just awesome. Like Super good. Play it alone for the soundtrack. Yeah, know? actually, to go to jump back to a different part, but... Um, Smooth the Groove did a bunch of Undertale covers, and there he was did like almost the full <laughs> album. Yeah, he did the, like the every full single album is song, like a hundred songs. So that's yeah, impressive. I don't think he yeah. did that many. I know, <laughs> but like Smooth the Groove, like he did half the album. Yeah, but there's there's uh, one of the covers he did is like the song that might play when you encounter someone or something. I can't the remember. The song that might play when you fight Sans. I'm willing to bet. That's probably what it is. Yeah. But. God damn, if that cover isn't fantastic. I love that cover. It well, is fantastic. You see a lot of, like, there are sort of the few standouts amongst the Undertale soundtrack that get covered all the time. Yeah. Now, the one I have on here is a fairly popular one for the soundtrack, and it does get covered fairly frequently. You see one called, like, um, uh, uh, Megalovania is one that gets... Yep, yeah. that one gets covered Megalovania all the time. Yeah. gets covered all the time. Also, um, the, the one that plays when you fight Meg- Metaton. Uh, I can't remember what it is. I can't remember the name of the song, but there's... Okay. But, you know, it's this one is on there, too. This one is actually called Spider Dance. Oh, yeah. And uh, let me just talk a little bit about the remixer Spider here. Dance. This is arranged by um, a guy named <laughs> whose online presence is just called Video Game Remixes. Has no uh, information. Man, he must be, like, the first dude. He must be the first dude. Because, <laughs> like, how do you get that name otherwise? <laughs> well, here's the thing. is like, there is no information on this guy. He's got, uh, he's got a, a SoundCloud page and, like, a YouTube page and, like, no information on either of those page, pages. No he's Wikipedia got a page? Patreon page. But he's only got two patrons for like oh, eleven dollars. So yeah, people see, like him. This is not those two guys like him. Actually, this guy's not. I wouldn't say he's no sensation. He's not super popular. Yeah. This is just something I came across randomly. So this is not somebody anybody specifically knows. This is this is those 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 deep Blauchuk cuts. Right <laughs> deep Blauchuk cuts. You've never heard of this guy. The most I could find out from digging into like other accounts linked to his is that his name may be Nick. From US, from the U.S. So All right. He may be Nick. This might be Nick. And uh, <laughs> a few more notes about Undertale. So Undertale, again, indie darling, created by this guy, Toby Fox. Um, it sold over a million copies, which isn't bad for like another right. one-man team, right? And, yeah, uh, it's okay. And so, when all the money's know, going to one dude, yeah, you, million's good. <laughs> and you're talking like, what was it, 11 bucks a copy? So. Something like that, yeah. So it's, now he's made 11 so million dollars. Yeah. Considering this guy caught his start, again, like uh, he, he did all his own music and is totally self-taught. Is this his first game? Yes. Oh, wow. But he, where he came Crazy. from is he used to be a moderator on an Earthbound board, on like a mother oh, yeah. a board oh, yeah. for the, like the Earthbound series, mother series. And he uh, made his own fan edit of the game. He basically like, 
did remixed versions of the game. Mm-hmm. And so he'd do his own music and stuff like that. So uh, um, let me see what I got here. So uh, the oh, <laughs> one thing about Undertale's a fairly recent entry into the video game world, but <laughs> I don't know if we talked about this in a previous episode, but in a recent Game Facts poll, Undertale won best game ever, beating out, you know, your really? Mega Man's, like your Castlevania's, your Ocarina can't be Times, better than your Mega Chrono Triggers, <laughs> everything. This basically was voted in as the best game ever by, yes, I can see Mega like, Man 3, Jordan's face is like contorting horribly <laughs> <laughs> on hearing this. Yeah. That's well, crazy. You told me this game was rated better than Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I liked, I liked Undertale a lot. I mean, I didn't like fall into the depths of the fandom where people are like ridiculously obsessed. It's like you can't go anywhere on the internet without coming across fan art or remixes like this, or fan This kind of like passed me by um, yeah. until we talked about it. But uh, And it's worth going into. Like the game itself is, is RPG style and it's very, it, you can see it's sort of earthbound roots. It yeah. feels very much inspired. kind of like that, inspired by. Yeah. And uh, what makes it so great is beyond just the awesome music is that it's a very sincere game. Like the story is, the characters are really endearing. The story is really sort of in Earthbound or Undertale? In Undertale. Okay. And the story is really engaging in the sense that, you know, you just, you feel like, it's sincere without being like super cheesy or anything like yeah. that. So you, you get really invested in it. Now in this section of the game that this song spider dance is from now you're forced to fight a character named Muffet who I suppose is that little Miss Muffet, Muffet. Little <laughs> yeah. Miss Muffet. <laughs> who is a, a human spider woman hybrid. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a minor spoiler for the game here. Spoiler warning. Spoiler if you don't warning. want it, skip 10 seconds. Or Undertale. And she's attacking you because you presumably did not contribute to a spider-run bake sale that you come across at the very beginning of the game. So <sighs> there's like this bake sale run by spiders and terrible person. Did you how support would you them? not? How are would you are not they selling baked goods? Hey, I bought their baked goods. Did you? Yeah. I, um, well, <laughs> they still fought you. And uh, one thing about this is uh, <laughs> during this fight, this is really this fight specifically that sold me on the game and sold me on the music because it was just such a great moment. The character design of the enemy was so good. The dialogue was really good. And when the music was playing and there's, there's this sort of like little color commentary kind of like things that come up, just little phrases that sort of add color to the fights. Yeah. And during the song, it said all the spiders clap along to the music. And it was like, <laughs> for some reason that was the moment, which kind of like got me right in the heart and sold That's me on hilarious. this game. It's like, yes, I like this game now. Yeah. This L- game's got me. Little speech boxes at the bottom of the yeah, screen. Exactly, is that what it is? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And just said all the spiders clap along to the music and with the music playing and everything like that. I was like, that's where like all switch, the tiny spider clapping. Yeah. Where a switch just flipped for me. And I'm like, yes, this is good. This is a good game. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Though. That's, that's the moment. Yeah. And uh, one more thing on the success of Undertale. Um, the Kickstarter campaign that originally funded, funded Undertale had a goal of $5,000. And it raised... Um, of its original goal. So that's pretty successful for a one-man show, right? Yeah, I'd say. All right, now getting back into this dubstep version of Spider Dance from Undertale.
it's got like dubstep meets chiptune. Nice. It, well, it, it retains a lot of the original sound. Yeah, well, yeah, because sure. I mean, the, the soundtrack to Undertale is really kind of interesting because it's mostly kind of in that era of where it's trying to be like Earthbound. So it's uh, chiptune esque, but every now and then it'll go beyond what chiptune can do. There'll be like acoustic covers with actual guitars and stuff like that. So it kind of breaks the mold. It doesn't. It, it doesn't strictly adhere to this. Yeah. Must be. Chiptune, and it's like a it's like a sprite based game, so it's kind of like sixteen bit style sprites, mostly chiptune kind of music, but then it kind of goes above and beyond. Anything that goes outside the realm, uh, it it keeps you tied to where it's trying to be. Like it still feels like chiptune. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go outside the genre mm-hmm. too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, especially some of the later in the game tracks, kind of like just for impact, essentially break out of the chiptune kind of mold. Cool. All right. Very awesome. So uh, I'll go next, and um, I'm going back to Mega Man. So uh, my next pick is from an artist called The Adventures of Dwayne and Brando, uh, which is a great, great artist name. Uh, the two guys in the band are uh, Dwayne Zuwala and Brandon Lackey. And uh, the track, my track, uh, that I picked is the Mega Man 2 rap, and that's all in caps. Um, <laughs> from obviously the game Mega Man 2. So this is um, you call it a medley. It's the whole game. It's uh, the the music is from the entire game. It's the story of the game. Isn't it's basically the, like yeah. a made up fan version of the exactly, story. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's and uh, one of the coolest things about this, and you absolutely have to go onto YouTube um, to listen to this is that they have a video that goes along like frame for frame with the song. And, uh, it's all sprite work. It's all, it's all sprite Mega work. Man, it's Mega all Man from Mega Man. Sprites, yeah. And then like, it's funny. Cause like I, I was never, I was never the biggest Mega Man fan. Um, cause you never played three. <laughs> well, I, I never played any of them growing up. I just, I don't know why I never came across it, but it was just, it was just something that kind of passed me by. But, uh, I guess cause I was a Sega kid. Um, but, uh, like, I watched this video and then I learned all these things about Mega Man because like just in the comments of the video are like, Hey, he doesn't have the slide in Mega Man two. Why is Rush in there? He's not in Mega Man two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like all, like all the people commenting and complaining on the video. I was like, Oh, that's okay. I guess Rush isn't in Mega Man two. You learned through um, YouTube videos. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and then I met Jordan and I got to learn a lot more about Mega Man. You but, were forced to learn a lot more about Mega Man. Yeah. Well, three. Mega, <laughs> Mega Man overall is cool. Uh, but, uh, He's just a cool character. But yeah, so this is the Mega Man 2 rap. Now, I found this probably six, seven, eight years ago. Uh, the first time I heard it. I think I also found it on Reddit. I think um, uh, I think just as I found it, I went to look up the band and they had like just very recently broken up, but they're back together now. <laughs> and they're actually uh, about to tour. I think they have a uh, Kickstarter going for their tour. Um, you can buy their albums on iTunes. Uh, you can buy this song on iTunes, which, which I have. Um, and then just for me personally, I cannot hear any song for Mega Man 2 without singing the lyrics to the rap <laughs> in my head. Like I have listened to this song so many times. Like I found this song six years ago and I, there probably hasn't been a month go by in that six years that I haven't listened to this song. Like I, I always, I just, I don't know. I can't. This song defines it. your life. You it could just, say. I, it's just like, I don't know. It's Mega Man 2 is such a good thing. Like all the music's so good. And then you put this awesome rap over it. And like, I'm not even a rap fan, but like, I just love the rap so much. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to mention that it also reminds me there's another, uh, uh, an, uh, I think it completely different artist, 
we did a rap version of like the Splash Woman music from Mega Man Nine. Oh, okay. It sort of tells the story. This like of Splash Woman. This yeah, the story of Splash Woman. That's it's cool. kind of like this love story almost that, told yeah, in rap form. It was super oh, okay. interesting. It, it was, was almost it, like there was some sort of a deep connection between yeah. the artist and, <laughs> and the, the Mega Man villain. <laughs> well, no, no, it was really funny because it's about Mega Man. It's basically how like Splash Woman was like forced into wor- like working for Wily, and basically she asks Mega Man to like kill her at the end, oh so he God. can so he can gain her power and take out Wily. But it becomes it's kind of like it's a rap it's a Mega Man song and, and it's, it's like a love deep. story yeah. and it's bizarre but it's really good too <laughs> it's a really so, dark love yeah. story but anyway uh, this one isn't dark it's just awesome so uh, anyway yeah go check out uh, the Mega Man 2 rap all in caps by the adventures of Dwayne and Brando on YouTube after you listen to it right now
German bastard! You will never make it through my fortress, Mega Man! I'm taking over the world! <laughs> Shit, come on, boss, we gotta make it through the castle! Oh, fuck, the later we make it to the battle, Dr. Light needs our help and the world needs his genius! Molly gets a good penis, you just jump over the roof, just for kidding his shoe! Come and fix me like a manual coup! I'm tired of fighting robots and cleaning up the messes I'm taking out the trash, it's time to learn a lesson So come down to the ground, out of your spaceship You ain't got the balls to be fucking with this shit After I take you, I'll rip out your brain You won't even remember your name, come on You fucking need you take care of me To get the world, you'll have to go through me My name is Mega Man, you can call me Rex Cause I'll be fucking your shit up and down the block And that's how we roll The, the main theme and the Dr. Wily uh, main theme has kind of become the anthem of Mega Man, the whole series. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. The whole the Wily like, theme is like, yeah, yeah. yeah. The theme. I guess that says a lot. But it's, it's, just it's the, funny because this rap makes me like the other songs more. Like mm-hmm. Airman's theme and stuff. Like Airman's my favorite. I love it. It's so good. I almost picked Airman for my uh, Rush Jet One song. Oh, yeah. But I knew you were going. You're possibly going with this, so I stuck to the better game, Mega Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> they make uh, Woodman sound way more badass than he actually he's should not. sound. Like, he's yeah. not. Like, he's but they basically talk about a how weak he is. bad cosplay costume. It's just, <laughs> I threw a log over my head. Well, it's, uh, I think, Fireman or whoever they, like... The Zippo guy? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's, like, a line about how Capcom didn't spend much time on him. I think when they got to Mega Man 3, 4, 5, 6, they had to get a lot more creative because they ran out of oh, all well, the, Oh, well, they like, had so much stuff. Yeah, but they, they went through all the obvious choices. And, yeah, yeah, they, they and ran they, out of them in, like, one, and then they started yeah, rehashing yeah. them for two. They went through, like, the natural elements in one, and yeah. two, they stretched it a bit, and then three, four, five, six, they really yeah. had to reach far. Like, we had a fireman, now we've got to have a flame man. Yeah, <laughs> like, Mega Man 3 had Top Man, Yeah, and then... There's pure uh, Pharaoh Man yeah. in four. That was always the thing about like three and four is it started seeming to me like they were really reaching for uh, for Robot Masters. Yeah, but I mean, I thought I thought like you know, Bubble Man aside, there were actually some cool ideas in two, like Metal Man who shoots like those uh, gears. Awesome. Wasn't he a little overpowered though? Because like well, once he, you had his power, you could pretty much do everything. There wasn't oh yeah. really any balance in the game. That's why you went for him first. Yeah, but. 
that kind of breaks the beauty of Mega Man, though. No, it's see, like there's a system to who you fight next. But if you have him, then it's like it doesn't matter who you fight next. One of the problems I found with most Mega Man games is that you never actually use the weapons. Basically, you save them for the bosses. So yeah. you, you run through the game, you use the normal Mega Buster, and you never actually use them. One That's thing I really true, like about 2 and 9 is that I feel like you actually use the weapons. They're they useful. encourage you to you? Yeah, they're useful to you outside of the context. Because I yeah. remember like in 2, that was one where I actually like, I need the leaf shield for this section. I need like the metal blade can actually, let me hit these guys at an angle. That kind of stuff. I mean, again, the bubble gun was garbage, but there was <laughs> there was reason outside of the boss fights to use the weapons. I totally agree with that. Like, yeah. there's no way around it. Like, especially if you get better at the games, you use those weapons less and less. Um, I found with um, Mega Man 3, because that's what I know the best, um, I wasn't really using any of the powers except for the bosses either. But then I found that once you started using those powers, they did help, but you're already at a level where it's like, well, I don't know. I don't really <laughs> need it. And I don't know. You can just kind of blow through most of the game yeah. without the special weapons. Yeah. I actually thought that, uh, that's why I thought with nine was such a good tribute to the Mega Man series that it, uh, actually made, it brought back interesting robot masters for one. I actually thought the robot masters in, in nine were really well I've designed. Heard, I've heard it a lot. Yeah. That and people like the masters in nine yeah, a lot. And the fact that the weapons were actually useful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Most people say that nine was better than 10, but I liked 10 because I felt like it balanced out everything better. Like the difficulty wasn't, wasn't super hard. And it, um, who was it that it introduced? I feel bad for not knowing this. Was it base or proto man? Uh, proto man was in nine. Was I'm pretty sure. In 10. What? Where you could play as Mega Man or the maybe, alternate maybe character. That was, maybe that was 10. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I really like that. But you know, basically 10 was the Mega Man three of that era. So like less, <laughs> like it was less interesting and less good as the one that came right oh, before. Okay. It. If you haven't watched the yeah. other parts of this episode, um, so Jordan and Aaron have been in, <laughs> engaged in a Mega Man two, yeah. three fight Two the equals episode. nine and three equals 10. So, you know, the inferior game always came. All right. I'll right say Mega Man two. You guys can have the better game, but Mega Man three has better music. <laughs> I will not deny that the music in three is awesome. Wow. Well, one of my, one of my has the favorite Wiley theme. internet people in the world, Damon Hatfield, likes the music from three better. So, <laughs> and, he, and he's a musician himself. So. so you said they actually were a band and that they broke up and got back together. So they yeah. perform. Now, do they have just a guy who dresses like Dr. Wiley and does nothing <laughs> but like do the Wiley lines? I, I don't know if this is them doing a voice or mm. if they actually got a guy to do it. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just them. Yeah. Because, like, if you listen to some of the other stuff, they've got a, a Mario 3 one that's pretty good, too. Well, and there's all sorts of weird shit in there. Well, I don't think you can do the Wily voice unless you're wearing a Wily costume. So i got to imagine <laughs> so that they when they're doing it, they the have studio. to dress up as Wily. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. You can't, you can't <laughs> beat the Mega Man 2 rap. It's so good. So, uh, Jordan, that's you, buddy. I'm back. All right. Um I'm going to step out of the retro realm and go into a newer game that has a very retro feel. I think most people know the game Fez. It was yeah. a PC, PS3, Xbox Live Arcade. I think it originally came out on Xbox uh, back in 2012. Um, so Fez had a really atmospheric, really chilled out um, yeah, just a very interesting soundtrack that really melded well with the gameplay. The, the com original composer, his name is Rich uh, Vreeland, um, but his online handle is Disasterpiece. 
And um, he worked really closely with the developers of, of Fez. I think most people will associate Fez with uh, Phil Fish, the lead designer. Um, but Man who only made one game. <laughs> well, it was a great game. I, I, you know what? The, the, the first time I actually heard the game was heard of the game was through Indie Game, the movie. Yeah, I was going to say, we have to mention Indie Game, the movie. The documentary yeah. that is based upon uh, Fez, uh, Super Meat Boy. Yep. Braid. Was there another one? And, and Braid. Braid, yeah. yes. <laughs> Those were the three that <laughs> were the main. Ooh, I don't think very much of that game. Yeah, no. I actually don't love that game either, yeah. but. Those were the three, three, the three games that were the main focus of the documentary revolving around developing an indie game in today's age. And so, so going through the work of Fez, um, disaster piece, the lead composer, he worked closely with the development team and, um, a lot like he, he actually test played the game as he was composing the album. Uh, Maybe that's common. I don't know. Um, but he was playing the game as he was developing the music. They wrote, um, proprietary software for Fez, um, where he had his own unique system to build music. So, um, disaster piece worked very closely with, um, this software engineer that if he came to this guy and said, Hey, like, what are the odds that we could do this? He would come back half hour later and say, okay. It's in the system. Go for it. So, oh, wow. so, so, cool. so some of the things specifically that, that they would, that they designed together were, um, so in Fez, I should mention Fez is sort of, um, a 2d puzzle platformer game based in a 3d world. I think most people know what Fez is already, but, um, you can turn the cube. Yeah. You with, with your L and R triggers, if you're playing on the, uh, with your, if you're playing with a controller, you can flip the world like a Rubik's cube. Um, left and right, and the world spins around, and you can uh, navigate through this 2D world in 3D space. So anyways, um, one of the things they developed was um, there's like this day and night mechanic. So based on whether it's early in the day or late at night or somewhere mid-afternoon, the music composition will actually change based on the time. So if you sit in the same world for long enough, the music will actually change. And if you're playing at a certain speed where... Maybe you go from place location A to B to C, uh, depending on the time of day or night or somewhere in between, the music actually restructures based on that. And that was really cool. That was just sort of like a last minute, like throw in like, Hey, what are the odds that we can do something like this? That was kind of the story of this, of this game development though, is like, Hey, let's put this in. Hey, let's put this in. This is is the story. If you watch the indie game movie, this is the example of scope creep. And, mm. and like how it, it basically nearly killed one man. Like, mm. yeah, Phil Fish is, it, it's a torture story. It, it's really sad because he made a great game and it yeah. would have been cool to see what else he could do, but, uh, it, but it, it drove damn, him mad. It, it, well, it damn near killed him. Like yeah. I feel bad for the guy. I honestly do. It, it really seemed like it did before even the game released, like Absolutely. watching the documentary. Well, it was because he, he released that little trailer and everybody wanted it so bad. Cause he's so, like, he was killed by pressure essentially. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was just like this, this looks awesome. I really want to play this. When's it coming out? And it was, when's it coming out for like two and a half years or something yeah. like that. But anyway, it, it, yeah, no, 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 it's, it's crazy. Um, so because the game is heavily based around, around, uh, like puzzles and solving these, these different secrets, um, disaster piece. Um, he worked with Phil fish, the lead designer and 
decided, well, because there's so many like Easter eggs and secrets and puzzles in the game, w- w- what about putting something like that in the music? So Disaster Piece actually worked on building puzzles in the in the in the music itself. So apparently there's if you're not that most people do this, um, but if you're listening to the soundtrack through a spectrograph <laughs> and you literally watch all the lines, the waves, the waves of audio, even then I'm going to do this now. Tell me <laughs> even then you may not, you most likely won't find the secrets, but if you zoom in enough in the right locations, some of the waves at like the lowest DBs, you can actually find images. And oh, that's so cool! Yeah, so they're like, we need to put. We I'm, need I'm to- all, I'm all about special graphs now with, uh, with audition. So I'm, there you I'm go. putting this music in. I'm finding the so, <laughs> so, not the song I'm gonna pick, but the original soundtrack of Fez. There's up to 27 images hidden throughout the whole, the whole soundtrack. soundtrack, and apparently <laughs> those 27 images create Make a, a big puzzle. Image? Create a puzzle. No, no, they're they're. I guess there's. They are, they're related images, but they're not like, they don't go together like a puzzle. Okay. You're supposed to solve the puzzle based upon what those 27 images are. One of them is, um, it's no wonder Phil fish quit. That sounds <laughs> insane. <laughs> it is insane, but it's awesome. Uh, watching an interview with a uh, disaster piece. One of the specific images was John Locke from lost. It was just him looking, mm-hmm. looking at you and it's in a spectrograph. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's crazy. So he said in this interview, there's 27 images um, and that you put them all together and it is, uh, there's a solution to another puzzle that has yet to be solved. But the crazy thing is when he put all these images in the spectrograph through, uh, throughout the soundtrack, he figured it, nobody would ever figure this out. Like there's no way somebody's going to find one of these images, let alone all 27. Once again, yeah, underestimated said, the internet. And that was, yeah. those yeah. were his exact <laughs> words. Never underestimate the internet. Yeah. He said within well, he said within six hours, you know, like immediately after releasing the soundtrack out into the wild, he said people were already finding all it. 27 There's- were already found <laughs> and posted on YouTube. Who's yeah. the crazy person who's listening to all their music through a spectrograph? Exactly. Again, internet. I know, but that means somebody out there is doing that to everything yeah. they listen. I count on those crazies to find those things for me. So <laughs> yeah, I can, that's you know, true. I, I don't have to dig through anything. Basically, yeah. somebody is always crazier than me who's willing to do all the legwork. That's true. No yeah. matter how crazy it's you ins- are, it's insane. There's always someone crazier. So Fez soundtrack, super awesome, atmospheric, totally ties in great to the game. Let's get into the remix. So somebody we've talked about in a previous episode, his name is Jim Guthrie. Uh, Mike, you mentioned him in Super Brothers. Sword and Sorcery. Sword and Sorcery. Yep. Did the whole soundtrack was a little sprightly game. According to my research, he was inspired by not the Fez soundtrack, the Fez sound effects. Oh. For for creating uh Sword and Sorcery soundtrack. So he I was, believe it. He I was, believe it. You can hear the similarities. Yeah, and I'm not super familiar with Sword and Sorcery except through what I've heard from you. Mm-hmm. But um, just in my research, it says he was heavily inspired by the sound effects. So it's really cool that he was he became a part of um, a remix for the Fez soundtrack. So real quickly, Disaster Piece, um, upon finishing the full soundtrack to Fez, he released um, he released a, re- a full remix album in which he actually created some of his own remixes for um, a full Fez remix album called Fez Side F. 
and was later <laughs> followed up by another, a second remix album called Fez Side Z or Z. We're Canadian, so <laughs> I'm going to say Z. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool. The game has an amazing soundtrack and it had two remix, uh, two official remix albums to follow. So the moral of the story is that everybody who touched this game went crazy. Pretty much. <laughs> well, a lot of the, Except uh, Jim Guthrie. Yeah. He just mo- made most sweet, of the, um, <laughs> most of the remixers on both albums are, um, either indie game composers yep. or like we mentioned in previous episodes and songs, they're just people that made a lot of fan-made remixes and they just, they're working their way through the industry. So it's really cool because, you know, everybody here is sort of part of the same family and community. So, uh, you can find the entire album on, uh, music.disasterpeace.com and disaster peace spells his name disaster and then peace like P E A C E. So disaster peace, kind of an oxymoron there. Um, and then Jim Guthrie, who we're about to listen to his remix of a song from Fez, he's jimguthrie.bandcamp.com. Go to both of those websites if you're interested in either the album or further work by Jim Guthrie. And uh, let's jump into the Fez soundtrack. This is a remix of the song Nature by Disasterpiece. And uh, Jim Guthrie's version is called Nature of Things and Stuff.
I own Fez. I played it for like maybe like three hours, but it never grabbed me in those you know three what? hours. I, I actually stopped. I had a very similar experience with Fez. I I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed those three hours, but I, I wasn't motivated to finish the game. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, which is weird because usually, like, even uh, with yeah, me, for like, you, for me, like, even weird. a game that I don't like, yeah. if I've started it, if I've invested time in it, I'm like, I got to finish this game. Yeah. But Fez just kind of... Maybe we should just come together like, one day and we'll eh. just both beat it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just sit next to each other and beat it. <laughs> That's right. Um, we'll, have to, we'll have to race. That'll motivate me to go fast. There you go. There you go. Uh, some of the puzzles, see, this is the thing where you would beat me because you are great with puzzles. And some of the puzzles in that game are obtuse as hell. Mm. Like, uh, I remember there's one about, uh, there's one where you have to like ring a bell in the right order and you have to like find the symbols and the order in which you find the symbols or something like I never put it together. Super I just looked cryptic. up a guide. It's really cryptic. Yeah. Um, there, like there's a certain level where you just need to know how to solve basic puzzles to beat the game. And yeah. then there's this another sub level yes. of crypt, cryptic puzzle solving where you can complete, like get a completionist level of the game. Mm, for sure. The other thing I was going to say, um, was uh, as soon as you hear this song, if you listen to any Jim Guthrie stuff, you're like, oh yeah, this is a Jim Guthrie mm. track. Like, it's funny. It's like, just just from hearing his like Super Brother stuff. Um, but as soon as I heard this, I was like, yeah, for sure. It's even if him. you, I, I think even if you hadn't said anything, I would have been like, this is Jim Guthrie. Feels, feels familiar. It feels, mm -hmm. feels familiar. And I, I can understand why some people don't get into it because once you start playing it, you sort of, you grasp the full concept of the game. Yeah. And you can decide then and there, this is either my kind of game or it's not my kind of game. And it's going to sort of play out that same way throughout the end. Yeah. But then the reason why I got into it was I think. Did you beat this? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was some, some time ago, so I couldn't really comment on the ending of the game or anything, but I don't know. Like I, I like the way that the music and the atmosphere of the full game and the, the overall design sort of tied in together. Um, I know you guys are big fans of journey, but yeah, I got that same feeling where all the different units of um, development tied really nicely together. Didn't matter if you were a fan or not of the style of the game. I just liked the way it tied together. Mm. And for me, it created a full experience that I really enjoyed with Fez um, that I got with very few other games. Yeah, it's kind of strange to me, though, because for looking at the surface for all intents and purposes, you know, the, uh, the music, the graphical style, like even all the cool backstory stuff, this is absolutely the type of game that I would normally go for that I would actually get into. This yeah. is like got me written all over it. Yeah. I couldn't, I don't yeah. know what it was. It could just simply come down to the gameplay because yeah. really once you get past all of everything you just mentioned, all that's left is the gameplay. Right? Yeah. And I felt maybe that was it is that I felt it's like, just a little okay, too simplistic. Like right? I, yeah. I, I, basically I've done this and I don't want to keep doing this, I guess. Yeah. And I did find that the gameplay was a little bit simplistic, but um, yeah, I was drawn to, I was drawn, I was drawn to keep going though, because I was hoping for more and I wouldn't say that there was necessarily that much more, but um, I think I kept looking for more and more until I got to the end and I realized like the overall experience was pretty good. I wouldn't say it was one of my favorite games, but I really liked the way the whole package came together. So like, yeah. a, like a cave story. I think your journey is great. <laughs> yes. we, we love cave stories. Yes. I think your journey um, comparison is very apt as well, though, just because it's kind of like that. It's almost like a style over substance thing, but for some reason, the emotional side of journey and, is what carried and, me through. Whereas Fez there, I didn't have it there. And I was going to bring that up because, um, 
I definitely did have a, a slight emotional attachment to Fez. And yeah. A lot of it was the music. Well, and, and the story that you kind of gather in Fez is like something terrible's happened. Yeah. People are disappearing it's, sort of thing. It's, it's not it's, a yeah. deep emotional story, but the atmosphere really pulls you in. Yeah. And it creates emotions that the story's not telling. And that's something that Disaster Piece um, really worked hard on conveying was uh, a lot of the linear parts of the storyline were where his music really shines. And a lot of the more interpretive parts of the story that are more open, um, he let the music kind of free itself. And a lot of times there are even rooms and levels in the game where he has no music at all because he wants the sound effect artist to be able to tell parts of the story as well. Everything you're describing could be said about, again, Cave Story, you know, it's, and that's, that's yeah. kind of an important game to me as well. And it's funny because to speak about it in the exact same sort of terms means that Yes, a game that sounds like Cave Story. Give me that. I want yeah, that. Well, maybe you should go back. Maybe you should go back I mean, and I should give it go another back shot. To it, yeah, it, it's hard to sort through all those games in the Steam list. You look at it. <laughs> well, you're the, the one, you're the one of who other keeps games. them all installed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, how many terabytes do you have? Oh, I have four million terabytes. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so that is it for uh, part three of episode seven of VGM Generations. Uh, and because Jordan just uh, gave us his last pick. He is going to tell us about what he's been playing. Street recently. Fighter Five. <laughs> <laughs> even get it out. <laughs> um, on, like honestly, I've been playing. Um, what are, what is it? What's the game called? Three Swords. Three Swords. Triforce Heroes. So we've been playing that. We've already mentioned that. That's in all of previous us. Though, you know, we're, yeah. we're all doing that. Yeah, it's that'll, we, that'll be going for three a swords. Long, that'll be going for a long time. It's yeah. a good. It's a good game. I'm actually. It's growing on me. <laughs> we, yeah, I think we me. all. Even we all the incredibly dumb fashion based story. Yeah, the story doesn't matter. The game's good. Princess Style is not going to save herself. She's trapped in the unitard. That's what Jordan texts me every day. I can't go for lunch to play. He's like, "Don't you care about Princess Style and her dumb unitard?" Oh. So outside of what we play together, I've been playing a lot of Street Fighter V only because it's a great pick up and play game. And I've been playing Street Fighter since the original Street Fighter 2. And um, uh, two Turbo HD Remix. I've been playing before that. Two Championship Edition. I've been playing before that. <laughs> and I've actually, I've been playing Street Fighter in the arcade since Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition. Um, and I've been playing so much of Street Fighter V and I've been hitting these hitting these walls because I'm, I'm not, I don't expect to get great at the game, but I'm, I've started playing online and I've trying to hone in on one or two characters specifically yeah, trying just to get, get good, get good. And you really know if you put in your, if you put in your all with one or two characters and it's not working out, maybe the game's not for you. Maybe try a different game, Yeah. but I'm having a great time and I don't care it's how good fighter. or how bad I am. <laughs> I go online and play in casual and I win half my matches. I go on and play in competitive and I lose all, <laughs> yeah. I lose, Me I too. suck, but you I'm having you so much fun. touch competitive I'm, unless I'm, you know. You have what to be a you are career doing. straight Street Fighter. Pretty player. much. Yeah. I look at every loss as a learning experience. I'm having so much fun playing, but the roadblocks that I'm hitting is like, depending on what character I'm playing as, I'll switch between. So I should explain I'm playing on an Xbox, uh, Xbox One controller on my PC. What? You don't have a fight stick? Then why are you even attempting to fight in competitive? Well, here's where my story's going is because <laughs> depending on which character I play as, I find my, my left hand is switching between the D-pad and the thumbstick. And I'm realizing, well, I've played enough arcade. Yeah. I've played enough arcade to know. And I've like, 
I was able to, I don't know if this is worth bragging about or not, but I was able to play through Marvel vs. Capcom 1 and X-Men vs. Street Fighter, both of those games in the arcade off of one credit and beat the game on, of course, normal difficulty. That's a brag, but, but, it, but good but for you. Totally a brag, humble <laughs> brag. So I'm, I'm playing through Street Fighter. I'm like, okay, Zangief used the joystick, you know, uh, using uh, Rainbow Mika. I'm like, okay, I'm going to use the D-pad. And I'm like, why am I switching hands? Like for... Depending on the character, I'm like, so, I need I need to pick up a fight stick, <laughs> and I need to give this a sincere go at it and yeah. see how it how it plays you out. You should. Uh, you told me the story that of the um, guy who's playing with like his face, basically, oh, and man. beating the pros. I would, you know tell what? Us, if I knew you were, story, I knew, if story. I knew you were going to ask me that, I would have found out his name. So other people are, are, are two listeners right well, now I'm sure that if are you listening. Google that; they can probably yeah. <laughs> so plays with his face. So I, I forget. I think I'm, I think it's just because I'm following Capcom or Street Fighter on on Twitter. Um, there's, uh, there's, um, a guy who doesn't have mobility in his arms. Uh, he plays competitively in street fighter and specifically in street fighter five, he pulled off, um, he pulled off one of the hardest challenges and the challenges is pretty much like, um, here's the heart, here's a, um, a string of combos you need to do from one being the easiest to 10 being the hardest for each character in the game. And he picked uh jury who's one of the new DLC characters and he went all the way through her entire list of combos and he did something like a 12, 15 hit combo without the use of his arms. <laughs> and I'm like, and his, his Twitter, his Twitter, um, his, uh, his Twitter feed said something like, if, if I can pull this off with my face, then I need to like have unlocked some like unlimited amount of, of fight <laughs> currency in the yeah. game. And so I'm like, I'm like, well, sure you, I'm sure you played with your face, dude. Like I, he had a, he had a gif attached that showed him doing the combo. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like he says he played it with his face. I don't know <laughs> who this guy is or who he thinks he is, but it's impressive nonetheless that he could do the combo regardless. And then I decided to Google who this guy was. And there was tournament footage of this guy being wheeled up to a TV. He's in some sort of a wheelchair stretcher device. Like it's sort of more of a stretcher because he lays out more horizontally so he can face the TV. And he sort of props the controller into his shoulder and up against his face. So it's not even like a custom rig. He's playing with he's a playing regular with a controller. Yes, normal controller. No, no, no that doesn't right? make any no sense. No heck <laughs> custom, like, fancy controller. He's playing with a regular Xbox One controller. He has it propped in his shoulder. He's, like, sort of uh, moving the joystick around with his face, and um, I think he's using either his other hand just to mash buttons or his other... Sh I. Again, I have to watch it more carefully because I didn't witch. know you were going to ask me, but he's not <laughs> playing with two hands. Part of it is he's playing with his face and he's pulling off like tournament level combos flawlessly. It is impressive. Is yeah. this like a Wizard of Oz thing where there's actually a guy behind the curtain <laughs> who's, who's doing this kind of stuff? I, I see this guy playing. I'm like, uh, I can't even do this with two yeah. hands. Like, I, you I see this guy playing right and now. all you hear in your head is, get good, scrub. Get good. <laughs> so yeah. Street Fighter Five, it's fun. I'm playing it. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Not really. Playing no. that Pokemon Go? I haven't even downloaded it. <laughs> Jordan's not a Pokemon. He fan. has to listen to us talk about it. Yeah, that's hard. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan is suffering <laughs> a bit because it's all we talk about, and he's tired of Let's it. Let's talk about some more. Pokemon yeah, Go. there you go. But uh, okay, so that's all for what Jordan's been playing. So uh, now we're going to talk about the contest where you can win stuff, specifically a game. Wow, a game that we've talked a game about. A game that's, that's a, a classic. A classic. A game that's having its thirtieth anniversary. anniversary. Just recently, just recently, a game that's developed by Retro. 
Well, that's a little on the nose. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we won't say what it is yet. Yeah. That's for the next episode. The game is... you don't have access to the internet and cannot Google things, then you're... (laughs) If you don't have access to the internet, how are you listening to this podcast? (laughs) Some people will say the game was in its prime at this time. Oh. The the series was... The series was in its its prime when... Absolute prime. Yeah. But anyway... We're not going to quite say it yet, but you're probably out. But next, anyway, next uh, episode, we'll, we'll tell you what it is. So to win this awesome what prize you need to play that you, that you still don't know what it is, but to win it, uh, the, uh, all you got to do is hop on to Twitter. Uh, our account is at VGM generations. Very easy to remember. And uh, when I tweet out the podcast, uh, when I tweet out the episode of the podcast, just go ahead and retweet whatever platform you're listening on. So that's iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google play. Um, and uh, that gets you an entry into the contest. If you want a bonus entry, uh, leave us a review on any one of those three services of the podcast episode, and that will get you a bonus entry. Um, so basically, so uh, next n- on the next part, the next episode, we'll mention uh, what the prize is. Oh, and then uh, next month's episode, we'll announce the winner. So uh, yeah, make sure you hop on. I don't know how many listeners we have, but... If you're listening, you can win. You have a one in one chance yeah, of winning. You might have a one in one chance. I'm not sure, but uh, it's a free game. It's a free game. It's a good game. It's, it's a, a great, great game. game. Uh, but it's yeah, a Player's Choice Award winning game. <laughs> there you go. More hints. What more kind hints. of uh, what kind of cube can you play this on? <laughs> All right, no, not too much. Not too much. <laughs> but yeah, so it's not a it. cube. It's a lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's it for uh, episode part three of episode seven of VGM Generations, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one.